We are just having a beautiful time here in Ephesians. I hope that somehow what we're sensing in our hearts is getting through to you. Jesus really loves you. And Paul is doing his best to help explain what that love will do in your life. So now we're ready to go on to chapter 2. And it's going to build on chapter 1. So we're going to be back in chapter 1 perennially. First five words for me in the New King James says, And you he made alive. And you he made alive. Next words, who were dead in trespasses and sin. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. So it's comparing where the Ephesians used to be to where they are at the time of this letter. It's telling us what we can look forward to. I'm also looking at your translation just a little bit, and it looks like the he made alive are in italics. So that might mean that that was added later. I see what you're saying. Those words were copied up. What I mean is, if you go down to verse 5, it says, even when we were dead okay. in trespasses, okay. we were made alive uh, together with Christ. Uh, so they've so copied that right, up. Okay. The context of the first verse is that you used to be this, now you're this. Who did it? God did. They didn't do it. Right. God did it. The truth is there in the extended chapter. And you, he made alive, you who were... Dead in your trespasses. What does it mean to be dead in our trespasses and sin? Well, is that not the wages of sin is death? Any hope? Well, no, not when you're in sin or in your trespasses. The only hope is when you are in Christ, which is what this book is all about, is being in Christ. So there's no hope in sin. There's all the hope in Christ. When you're alive, is there hope? When you're alive and a sinner, is there hope? Well, yes, because there's always hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. But once we die... That's it. We can't change it. Right. That's what the, no, that's right. that's what the yes. story of the rich man Lazarus yes. is about. It's yes. like, hey, listen, they had their chance while they were alive. Now that, now that you're now dead, that you you're can't dead, change you places. Can't change so here it is. And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses. Mm. You who were hopelessly lost. Mm. You couldn't do anything. Right. So you just emphasize it. Just like a dead body cannot get up and eat right. pizza. Dead body can't travel to right. some of the... The dead mm. body is just... Dead. It's just a body. Right. It's just a lump. There's no thoughts. There's no choices. There's no feelings. No movement. No, no action. Anything. And that's that's all through the Bible. Right. So when you were hopelessly lost, he makes us alive. What does that mean? He gives us another chance. He gives us hope in the future. We need let's to keep, keep reading, don't we? Say, let's keep reading. Okay. Verse two. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you. Once, previously, (laughs) once once walked according to the course of this world. I like that, previously. You know what? You can have any past that you want, so long as you have a present with Jesus. A present with Jesus constitutes a future with Jesus, but it always has to be in the present. (laughs) Perpetual presence. Perpetual presence. Perpetual present-ness with Jesus, an in-himness. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Now, who's against us? Paul lists again here some of the that are going to try to remove us from that connection with Jesus. 
See if you recognize any of these. He says, according to the course of this world. Do you ever feel like the pressures of this world or the in-group or the current customs or ways are pushing you away from Jesus? Paul nails it here. The world is geared that way. Another one, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that referring to? That's Satan himself. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Who are those? I'd say Satan's minions. Satan's minions. That's exactly who it is. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe So the pressure from the world, right. the pressure and attacks of Satan, Satan himself, himself, and then the pressure and attacks minions. of all his minions, yeah. which includes fallen right. angels. Right. And also people that are literally working for him. Now, again, in verse 3, we have context. Okay. Just like in verse 2, it said, in which you once walked. Right. Verse 3 said, among whom we all once conducted ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is so full of hope. You ever look back on your life and just wonder, if not for Christ's work in your life, what you would be doing, where you would be today? What's comforting about this is he says, you guys did it. And then he says, and we did it too. He's including himself in that, which makes it feel inclusive. You don't have to feel shame because you were there. I did it too. You mean Paul, the super Paul, apostle? Paul did it too. Because he says, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires. But he was like a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was like the perfect of the perfect. Yeah, and they were all driven by fleshly desired motivation. Yeah. The motivation was still fleshly desire. It doesn't matter whether you're off the road on the right side of the ditch Uh with all four Uh kinds of religious stuff, or if you're on the left side of the ditch with all kinds of worldly stuff. If you're off the road, you're off the road. Exactly. Verse 3, it describes some of the things. Mm-hmm. Paul says, I was a part of this. Mm-hmm. The lusts of our flesh, the desires of the flesh, mm-hmm. and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That's all the yucky stuff. Should we struggle against that stuff? Well, we do. Is it our fight? The fight against that stuff, is that our fight or is that God's fight? Well, you have to look at verse 4 to get the answer to that question. Well, based on what we've studied so far in Ephesians, what's your guess? Well, it's not ours. We just need to be in Christ. Who is it that does this? (laughs) Go back to verse 1 in chapter 2. Who is it that brings us to life? God does. God does. So if we spend our time fighting against the lust of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and of the mind, if we spend our life fighting that, we're going to be fighting that for the rest of our life. So what's the alternative? Instead of focusing on the yuck and fighting against that, focus on the Jesus and cling to him. Read us a couple of verses, starting verse 4. I love these verses, but God... The word but, it negates everything before. But God, you were a disaster. You were a disaster. All this stuff was ruling your life. Yes, but God, all we need. Many people try to get themselves saved by religion, by going to church. It's not church they need. It's not religion they need. It's God. It's not just that... People try to be saved by doing these things. I think they try to keep themselves saved by doing these things. I've spent a lot of years knowing in my brain I was saved by grace and then trying to make God happy that he saved me 
by doing all these things. So it's still a shame-based way of living rather than resting in the mercy and letting God do the transformation by clinging to him. It's a very strong mindset. I have to do this, I have to, I have to, I have to strive and strive and strive and strive and strive and be perfect and be perfect and be perfect and fight all the earthly stuff and fight all the fleshly stuff. And I'm still in Jesus, yet my focus is not Jesus. That's not trying to make myself saved. It's the rigidity of, if I don't do this, then he's not gonna love me. What a crazy way that the devil has distorted God again. Here's the truth. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us. He's not only rich in mercy, he has great love. But it's a double. There's, it's more than, more than, more than enough. And because of those things, he is the one who made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in transgressions, you are saved by grace. This whole next section is going to be a time where we're going to try to get our minds around the concept of grace. We're saved by grace. We're not saved by working our way. We're saved by grace. In other words, God reaches down, and we might be thrashing around in the pit of sin and accomplishing nothing, but when we call out to God, he reaches down, picks us up, and sets us on top of the pit, on a rock, on solid ground. Let's look at verse 4 deeper then. But God, who is how much? Rich. That's what you were talking about. He, he's not limited. He's not limited. He's got everything he needs to accomplish the salvation of all mankind. The question is not who he wants to save. The question is not can he save everyone. The question is who will let him save. That's God's call to us. Open our hearts. Receive him in.